Greetings, Alpha Seekers, and welcome to uh, this exciting edition of, I guess we're calling it the Nugent uh, Capital Report, whatever. Um, we'll keep working on that, but that's our working title for today. So, uh, weekends we tend to just talk about things that come across the uh, transom or pop it in the mailbox, uh, and that's the Week magazine this week, which I got to give a tip of, tip of the Nugent Capital hat to my uh, father-in-law, Paul Friday, Ph.D., who uh, turned me on to this and got me a gift subscription, and I have renewed it, you know. So uh, lots of talk about uh, presumptive uh, President-elect uh, Biden, and uh, there's one article about what he can accomplish, and Here's a fun fact. His middle name is Robinette. I haven't seen any coverage about that, you know. The uh, the Republicans used to talk a lot about uh, Barack Obama's middle name, Hussein, which sounded ominous back in the days of uh, when we were actively at war in the Middle East over 9-11, presumptively. But uh, Robinette, you know... That seemed to be an opportunity, but uh, I don't know if anybody noticed that until now. Um, so, according to Jonathan Allen and NBCNews.com, this is going to be very hard for Joe because he's the first president since George H. Bush to take office without his party controlling Congress. That's an interesting observation. So, even a miracle in Georgia won't save the more progressive planks of Biden's agenda, which would need the votes of red and purple state Democrats in a 50-50 Senate. Without such a miracle, it's safe to say his entire presidency, well, I don't know how safe it is to say his entire presidency will be crippled before it begins. That's what he says, but I think that's probably uh, politically incorrect. Maybe hampered in it. Got to be careful. I'm trying to teach my, you know, how to be woke class here. So uh, Biden must also contend with the new 6-3 conservative majority on the Supreme Court, according to Fred Kaplan and Slate, unless, of course, he can pack the court, which I don't think he is inclined to do, but one never knows. You know, Chuck Schumer is going to, be watching over his shoulder for AOC in the rearview mirror to mix a couple of uh, hackneyed metaphors, which is what we do here. Anyway, let me let me just put the do not disturb uh, flag out here. Okay, do not disturb. Bingo. So now we will not suffer from podcast disinterruptus. They haven't developed a drug for that yet. I'm sure it's in trials. Anyway, um, voters are desperate for help and 20 GOP senators, 20 are up for re-election in 2022. Wow. So like six years ago at that point, so that's for reflecting the 2016 election, which evidently was good for the GOP. If if the numbers we hear work. 
But McConnell, while, you know, McConnell has led the obstructionist approach to Democratic presidents, which worked very well with Obama. But um, contrary to that conventional wisdom, according to Brent Badowski in The Hill, sounds like a Chicago guy, um, it may be in McConnell's cold-blooded political interest not to fight those midterms as the do-nothing Republican Senate. So that would mean that there may be things, and and Joe Biden is from the Senate, you know, although, you know, Obama was too, not, not really. Joe's an institution, and uh, so him and uh, McConnell know each other, and, you know, they may get along with each other. So that could that could help a little bipartisanship, which I think we could use within limits. Bobby Jindal, who used to be governor of Louisiana, I believe, and was a presidential camp candidate who lost in the primaries to Trump and probably would have been better off with old Bobby, but um, says it's a blessing for Biden to have divided government because it gives him somebody to blame for not pursuing core packing, Medicare for all, large tax increases, or any of the other far-left schemes that would surely earn Biden a brutal midterm backlash, as we have surprisingly, to me at least, seen in this election. So, uh, let's see. Here's a couple of, uh, we have these little kind of, I don't know if you'd call them funny, but kind of quirky features. Only in America, um, inmates in a Texas prison are being used to help stack the corpses of COVID-19 victims in El Paso County, and they get two bucks a day for that. However, it is a voluntary uh, assignment, which probably gets them some time off for parole, good behavior and all that. And, you know, maybe they think they got a chance of escaping. I don't know. Something to do. Hopefully they get on a PPE there. Uh, now, here's an interesting uh, story. They have this good week, bad week. Here's a bad week for Ernest McKnight of Florida, who told officers arresting him after an alleged spree of car theft and burglary that he had brought his eight-year-old son along to toughen him up. <laughs> Local Sheriff Grady Judd, you can't make these names up, responded that Taking a child out with you while you commit felonies is not a proper way to create positive influence. So that's not going to get you the old Father of the Year award. You know, you can't make this stuff up. Truth is indeed stranger than fiction, which is why I don't do fiction. I, I stick to nonfiction. Uh, let's see, what else is going on here? Biden's challenges abroad. There's an article about that. And uh, let's see if there's anything interesting in that. Well, you know, it's amazing that there are some commonalities between Trump and Biden in terms of policy. Here's a quote. Try to guess who said this. It's a long past time we end the forever wars. That was Biden. And let's see. 
The other thing, I won't bother trying to work that stuff in here, but that's uh, a fun game, though. Who said this, Trump or Biden? Uh, looks like Biden is probably going to be as rough on China as Trump, too. So we'll see what happens. Okay, here's something. A wake-up call for progressives by Brett Stevens, and of all places, the New York Times, and he's kind of the House conservative. Uh, and he points out that the left got an unpleasant shock in the results of the 2020 election. Trump came within 80,000 votes of another electoral college victory. So in electoral terms, this was a much closer race than, you know, obviously in popular vote. I think he lost by 4 million. He won a majority of white women's votes and improved his vote share among Hispanics and black men, um, which are both surprising. The white women, not so much surprising. Why did they all vote for him? They liked his economic policies and feared leftist rhetoric about defunding the police, decriminalizing border crossings, and shutting down fossil fuels. I think, yeah, some people, that's their rice bowl. You know, like it doesn't go over well in fracking country in Pennsylvania and elsewhere where people make their money off of oil and gas and coal. Um, But I think the main thing was that defund the police thing. I mean... Most people like the police to be around. And the dismissal of Trump supporters as bigoted and stupid white people, lowercase w, of course, only served to fuel the resentment of millions of Americans. Uh, I think that's all true. Steve Chapman wrote in the Chicago Trib, the bad news is that Biden will not be a savior. The good news is he doesn't pretend to be. So Steve points out that the last few presidents we've had, the last two at least, Trump and Obama, were both kind of cult of personality types, you know. Uh, Here's a good quote by Tom Krattenmacher, quoted in USA Today. In this dangerous post-election moment, hate is hanging in the air. It's so thick you can cut it with a knife and eat it with a fork. I'm afraid many of us are finding it a little too tasty. We must spit it out before it's too late. Because once swallowed, hate can only nourish our capacity for more hate. And the violence to which unleashed hatred can easily lead. The philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche was right when he famously wrote, He who fights with monsters might take care, lest he thereby become a monster. And I think that's true. That's a quote from Failsafe. There's a, a quote that's very similar to it that talks in which uh, General Black points out to, uh, uh, I forget the actor's name, Oscar from The Odd Couple, the original movie. Uh, You know, he accuses him of becoming that which he hated because he's learned all his lessons from the Nazis. So uh, I believe in that, and I do believe that a lot of Trump haters are really having trouble giving it up. You know, <laughs> you know this the 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 silver spike has not been uh, put through his heart, but so I get that part. But uh, you know, you got to let it go. Anyway, moving on. So I think you got a lot of people suffering from post Trump stress disorder, 
You know, I know some who shall remain nameless. None of them are listeners, but still. It is widely thought that Trump will not attend the inauguration if it happens, which I think it will. Um, Now, here's a sad stat. Of more than 230 people who have died from COVID in Texas jails and correctional facilities, 80% had yet to be convicted of a crime. And that gets to the criticism of the cash bail system. Some people have trouble throwing that bail, you know. So, I don't know what the alternative is, but that kind of argues that, you know, you are innocent until proven guilty, but if it becomes a death sentence, that's not good. Now, here's the quote section. They call it wit and wisdom. There's only one kind of shock worse than the totally unexpected, the expected for which one has refused to prepare. Uh, That's Mary Renault. And that's what's happening. Like in South Dakota, there was a leader in this. I think I forgot to read it. Uh, I think I tore it out. And it's really sad. You know, we talk about believing politicians. Uh, some of these patients in South Dakota, there's a South Dakota nurse, and they, they, they cannot believe they have COVID as, even as they die. They say, I can't have COVID. It's, it's not real. It's a fake. Uh, and this, this nurse says it's like a effing horror movie that never ends. So the governor of South Dakota, Christy Noem, continues to refuse to impose mask mandates or other restrictions and says, my people are happy because they're free. Well, it's an odd sort of freedom, right? Uh, so I do think that, you know, the Trump rhetoric has, on the margin, increased the morbidity and mortality. And it just goes to show you that believing politicians is a dangerous hobby. I don't care which side of the aisle are on, frankly. You know, I'm less than under Fauci and a doctor. Anybody with an MD degree after their name, with the possible exception of Scott Atlas, who apparently is... I think he's a radiologist. Now, you would think any doctor would know more about this than I do, but I honestly think I know more about it than he does. I I have heard some of his quotes, and they're not... I know where he's coming from, but you have to be careful what you say, you know, especially for people who aren't cynical and skeptical, like more well-informed. Uh, you know, present company kind of included, without patting myself on the back... I never believe what a politician says. In fact, I'm inclined to believe just the opposite. Now, it helps to have grown up in Chicago, you know. Anyway, uh, this is a little editor letter by William Falk, who's the editor-in-chief of the week. He says, I think this is pretty catchy, freedom without responsibility is manslaughter in this case. So... I mean, that has some interesting implications, but I would have to kind of agree with that. So, uh, here's an interesting Steinbeck quote. Somewhere in the world there is defeat for everyone. I've had some more in my share. Some are destroyed by defeat, and some made small and mean by victory. Yeah, can't think of anybody like that. Greatness lives in one who triumphs equally over defeat and victory. So, 
you know, it's like the old, uh, it's like the end of Patton where they talk about this, the slave whispering in the ear of the conqueror at his triumph, fame is fleeting. So just because you won doesn't mean you're a genius, and just because you lost doesn't mean you're an idiot. That's the point. Stay humble, but not too humble, you know. Maintain an even strain, as the astronauts and fighter test pilots used to say, as quoted in the right stuff. Here's another quote, Michael Deacon, journalist. Uh, Social media was invented as part of a plot to undermine the faith of sensible people and freedom of speech. Uh, You know, I mean, the price of freedom of speech is that you're going to have to listen to a bunch of morons and idiots. I mean, and that's a subjective thing, you know. Truth is somewhat in the eye of the beholder or the ear of the beholder, too. Joe Nesbo, it's always a buyer's market when it comes to souls. In other words, people will sell their soul cheap. I know I did. I sold out early. I didn't even get a good price. G.K. Chesterton says, Courage is almost a contradiction in terms. It means a strong desire to live taking the form of a readiness to die. Paradoxical. Here's a Dorothy Parker quote from the famous Algonquin Round Table, and I've actually been to the Algonquin in New York. Probably never be there again. You can't teach an old dogma new tricks. And I think that's part of the story of, uh, you know, you can't follow a dogma out the window, right? And I think that's part of the tragedy of this virus. Now, on a poll watch, let's just say Joe Biden decided to give a shelter, or let's say recommended a shelter in place on a national basis, which we have now in Illinois. I got one of those alerts. 49% of Americans say they'd shelter in place again for a month if officials recommended it to stem the coronavirus outbreak. 33% said they would likely not comply, despite the opposition to shutdown. 61% now say the pandemic is worsening, up 19 points from September, and 56% are worried that they or a family member will get COVID. So, you know, more people are buying the fact that it's bad. I mean, it's kind of sad that there's 39% who don't think it's worsening. Um and it's also kind of sad that, you know, 44% aren't worried that they will get it or a family member will get it because if they're not worried, they're not paying attention. And there's some great uh, political cartoons, as always. There's one of the transition team, and it shows a bunch of Teamsters carrying Trump out. I mean, and then a cartoon with the coronavirus laying on its back with two uh, hypodermics, one from Moderna and one from Pfizer. BioNTech being the one that we bet on. Um, and we're back to selling puts against those two, by the way, Moderna and BioNTech. So we're still bullish. And then they show the, there's a cartoon with the the donkey, which is the Democratic mascot at a down bale at tattoo removal place and uh, trying to get that socialism tattoo off his arm, saying, an old guy with glasses talked me into getting it. 
referring there to Bernie, the Bernie Bros. And there's another one with uh, Scott Atlas telling people to rise up against COVID-19 restrictions. And then it has a graphic of the coronavirus uh, riding an arrow pointing upward, saying, okie dokie. And here's a harsh one. Uh, It shows like Arlington Cemetery outside the White House. It says, the good news is we have proof of a quarter of a million uncounted votes. That's kind of grim. Then there's another one with uh, Trump wearing a MAGA hat, except it says, Make America Vote Again, MAVA. And I think he was good for turnout, you know. So I guess that's sort of a democracy endorsement. Now here's an interesting device made by a company called, I don't know what, oh, Novetto. It's an Israeli firm, Novetto Systems. It's a device that somehow, it's called the Sound Beamer, uses a 3D sensing module and tracks ear positions and sends audio via ultrasonic waves to create sound pockets by the user's ears. So you can listen to music or phone calls or video games without headphones and nobody else in the room hears a thing. That'd be great for TV, too, if you can have the TV on with the sound on while you're in bed with your significant other or, you know, whoever you're in bed with. That'd be nice. So that's interesting. Um, Also a good article here, hopeful, blocking COVID with nasal spray. This is under health and science. Scientists have developed a nasal spray that in ferrets at least appears to offer 24-hour protection against COVID-19. The spray contains a lipopeptide, a chain of protein and fat molecules that binds to the virus's spike protein, rendering it useless. I'd like to get me some of that. And then there's another study about magic mushrooms being uh, a tonic for depression. So my wife certainly thinks they are. Uh, Here's a book that's interesting. Metropolis, A History of the City, Humankind's Greatest Invention. That's kind of encouraging for those of us who own real estate in the city. By Ben Wilson, who's an historian, a British historian, I believe. He says, if history is any guide, counting cities out is a sucker's game. In spite of the virus. Given how cities have responded to disaster by innovating, perhaps it's a great moment for a book like this, says one critic. The first city, Uruk, U-R-U-K, uh, which arose in Mesopotamia 7,000 years ago, a mingling of the good and the ghastly. They cr- invented the written word and the first numerical system, but also they invented slavery. <laughs> so, you know, if you think slavery is a uniquely American thing, that's obviously not true. Uh, I read a review of another couple of books about uh, the British history in regard to slavery, which is very timely. I put a post out there on Facebook about that. Uh, here's a exhibit of the week, the National Museum of the United States Army in Fort Belvoir, Virginia. This is something I'll never see. Uh, but it points out that the Army is an institution that clearly regards itself as a nonpartisan tool of civilian power, which you cannot take for granted. Uh, 
that will defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And, of course, that's a not-so-subtle reference to Trump. Not a good loser. Those of you who uh, get FX, and I'm not sure if I'm among them, may want to uh, watch Black Narcissus. This is a remake. I don't know if it's a series or just a, a film. Uh, that's a good old movie. And it might be worth watching a remake of. I saw a promo for it. Might be worth it. Steal of the week. They do real estate. Mansfield, Ohio. Now here's a house for $489,000. A Normandy-style chateau. That appeals. Two acres of grounds. Five bedrooms. Less than $500,000. I think we may want to look at that. Mansfield, Ohio is one place I've never been to. I've been all over Ohio. But, uh, work from anywhere, right? America's total household debt, this is in business, has risen to a record high of $14.36 trillion, according to the Federal Reserve of New York. Mortgage debt, $9.86 trillion. I'm not sure if that's part of the 14 or not. Probably. Uh, Fidelity says the number of 401k millionaires is 262,000. And IRA millionaires, 234,000. So that's 500,000 millionaires. I used to be one. Uh, this is something that would have some um, uh, alphas and X ventures and X type of thing. Costco is going to be giving a $10 a share special dividend at some point. Uh, so that, now you can get membership in a private jet charter company at Costco for eighteen grand, which actually might make some sense these days. So I don't know how you play that with options or even by owning the stock, but I think it just gets baked into the stock price. But I'm going to ask Dan Keegan, the options thinker, about that. Okay, those of you who are looking for a uh, holiday income, which I am, FedEx is hiring 70,000 seasonal workers. UPS is adding more than 100,000. Those are rough jobs. Uh, $189 billion in holiday sales expected. So people are still buying presents. They're just buying them online. What else? There's a digital nomad phenomenon. Uh, people who working from anywhere, they're all over the place. They're uh, going to Airbnbs all over the country, going to Hawaii. I thought about that, Maui, uh, to avoid the virus. Still le less than 7% of the U.S. workforce. Some of them are moving overseas so they don't have to pay tax, but then their company does, and that's controversial. Most people aren't going to do this uh, because when full-time jobs with benefits are available, that's what most American workers prefer. Uh, this is a perfect environment for fraud, according to Jeff Colvin in Fortune. Three elements working in conjunction for corporate scammers, pressure, opportunity, and rationalization. 
bad economy creates the pressure. The work-from-home environment contributes to less oversight scrutiny and fewer examiners. Uh, Investigators complain that on Zoom they can't judge who is lying. Fraud examiners want to see whether interviewees are closing their arms. The body language is tough. That's interesting. So that's of interest to some of our uh, forensic accountants, I'm sure, that we service through the litigation connection. Okay, so here's the economic angle. Uh, The Biden, the new administration, it's an environment, according to The Economist, where intangible capital replaces brick and mortar far faster than anticipated. And Joe may get caught kind of living in the past there. Uh, And here's Edward Alden in Foreign Policy says that, uh, again, an echo of of the populism of Trump, uh, the Build Back Better campaign platform was erected around similar protectionist promises to the Trump administration. The government won't be purchasing anything that made in America. Now, in defense, it's always tough for us to do that anyway, but uh, a lot of services, that may be kind of a hollow promise. But According to Greg Ip, IP, in the Wall Street Journal, some business people think the election yielded a dream scenario Biden is a predictable studying force, won't be issuing sharp criticism of companies by name on Twitter. Yeah, at least not on Twitter, maybe. But uh, Republican-held Senate will uh, mean his more aggressive plans can't pass. So it's gridlock. Uh, John Harwood, who I missed from CNBC, is now at CNN, says the economy should be easier to clean up than in 2009 because of the snapback. Uh, after the virus, and simply replacing an erratic, fumbling administration with an experienced, serious-minded one will help. See, I'm going on time. Oh, I'm okay. Okay, here's a advice from America's best car salesman, Ali. Rita, 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 uh, started out working on a warehouse and has sold 1,530 new cars and 52 used ones out of Dearborn, Michigan, out of Les Stanford, which is a GM dealer, Chevy or Cadillac. And he does it entirely on referrals. It took years to establish trust within the community. It's what you're doing outside the dealership more than in it. Um... And one of the things is connections with nonprofits to buy masks that he voluntarily started dropping off at healthcare workers' homes. What a guy! Uh, set up a website, um, and then at the bottom of the page, where he he uh, made available PPE and gave local testing information and addresses of restaurants offering takeout, just as a public service. He would put his name and his his email and phone number at the bottom. He says, the pandemic isn't causing him to forget what's worked for him. People are going to be more inclined to do business with someone they know, somebody who has given back. 
And I think that's great. That's the old doing well by doing good thing, you know. So uh, kudos to him. And the litigation connection, of course, is in the business of helping people grow their businesses. And uh, we, we subscribe to that, I think. There's an old bit for Paul Horning, who amazingly lived to be 84, because he says, all I did really was seek out fun wherever I could find it. <laughs> he says he never can, he said he never considered himself a villain, but obviously some people did. He was kind of a bad boy, the golden boy, you know. And the woman who was the model for Holly Golightly from Breakfast at Tiffany's, I didn't even know there was such a person. Marguerite Littman, she died. She lived to be 92. So that healthy lifestyle, you know, maybe not as good as it's cracked up to be. Good genes are the best defense against the Grim Reaper, as far as I'm concerned. So that's it for this week, and I think we'll leave it at that. Um... So live long, prosper, wear your mask, don't go out for Thanksgiving. And if you don't if you do all that, we will continue to see you in future episodes. Bye bye.